Blog Talk Radio. Morning, welcome once again to our weekly internet program. I'm your host, Minister Joel Lewis, and you're listening to Free on the Inside. I hope you like that introduction of that music. Say, I'm not lucky. I'm not lucky. It's a blessing. I've been ordained from God to do what I do, and with the people that are attached to me, also, it's a blessing. And you know, as I think about the goodness of God, I just can't help but be excited that God is a, is above and, and, and in control of everything that I go through. I want to encourage you to keep doing what you do for the Lord, okay? I'm going to put it that way, for the Lord. And this morning we have a very special guest, a good friend of mine. I've been, I just met him uh, some time ago, but there's our souls connected. I'm gonna, uh, He's on the line right now. We're going to bring him on in just a few minutes. But before we go any further, we'd just like to give out a few words of acknowledgement. We want to thank uh, Granny Place Ministry and Beverly Beely for sponsoring this program each and every week, free on the inside. It's the name of our program. JJPS stands for the juvenile, the jail, the prison, the street. You know what type of ministry we're about, right? I mentioned about help change your life. You know, someone did it for me, man. I was involved in all those things there, man. I was on my way to juvenile. I was went to jail. I lived on the street. But during those times, during those difficult times, those challenging times, someone was always encouraging me through the word of God and let me know that God hadn't forgot about me. But our calling number is 310-982-4126. You too can call in and listen to the program. Again, that calling number is 310-982-4126. And I'm glad to be back in the studio this morning. It's been quite a while since I've been here, but that's okay. That's okay. I thank God for some for our listening audience that kept uh, tuning in on the program, that kept encouraging me by just listening to the program to keep uh, to keep it up. And so, without any further delay, we have our guest that's on the line this morning. This young man have a story to tell. Talk about how good God is. It wasn't luck. It was only being blessed by God. At this moment here, I'd like to introduce you to our guest this morning, Mr. Michael Sneed. He's on the line this morning. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, sir. Welcome to the program, Free on the Inside, brother. I love that, man. Every time I I say that, it just ignites something in me, man. I've been held hostage at some time, man, but now I have that freedom, man, that freedom that comes from the Father above, brother. Thank you, thank you. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here today, and I I love that title, Free on the Inside. I, I can truly say today that I am free on the inside and free on the outside. Through the grace of God, like it's not a. Amen. It's, it's the the grace of God, the grace of God. Have mercy on my soul that I am oh, uh, able to talk with you. Yes, God bless you. I'm glad. You know, Mike. Before we go into your story, I want to thank you, thank you, brother, for our last outing, man. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we went over to the juvenile department, man. The National Day of Prayer. And you shared with those young men, and you shared out of the abundance of uh, 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 of what you went through, man, of uh, uh, how God had blessed you, and it changed those young men's lives, man. And some of them turned their life over to Christ, man. I went over there a week later, man. And they said they were still being encouraged by that young man that told us that uh, that God can work things out in our lives. So thank you, my brother. Thank you for what you had yeah. done over at the juvenile thank department. Thank you for having me. Well, now, 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 uh, now, Mike, tell us about your story here, brother. I did not give much information on the net because I wanted it to be, I, I wanted it to be a personal thing between you and me and God, man. But you got a story to Amen. tell, man. You got a story yes, that, that, that set the captives free, that allow other men and women to be free on the inside. So introduce yourself again and tell us how you got to where you are today. Well, uh... Uh, it's a pleasure to be here with Pastor Lewis and all of his listeners on the uh, free on the outside. Um, 
I'm thankful to be here today to be able to talk because God does work miracles. Uh, I am now, hate to say, 61 years old, but more than 35 years of my life, I was incarcerated in the Texas Department of Correction. Uh, I started off as a young man uh, with bright future, as everybody thought. Uh, I went to church every Sunday. I took the preacher water. I ushered. I sang in the choir. I had the most beautiful Eastern Christmas suit. Everybody was patting me on the back. I knew I was the guy. I knew that I was going to heaven. If anybody going to heaven, I was God's angel. But, you know, all that, that they was doing, it was not encouraging me or teaching me the word of God. No one ever told me about, actually set me down and taught me the word of God or told me about God. And I drifted off into uh, crime. Um, as, as, as a very young age, I thought that I had to go and steal and, and, and do things for people to be friends. I thought I had to buy friends. Uh, I thought I was ugly. I thought I had big ears. I thought I had big eyes. Um, I had to just try to impress people that I was the guy, and it, it landed my life into uh, incarceration. But I tell you what, uh, I turned my back on God in jail. Um, out of all he was doing for me, he never had turned his back on me. I turned my back because it wasn't what I wanted. You know, I wanted it my way. But, you know, God holds his hand on me. And he had, and he, I tell you, God is an awesome God. Uh, I, I, God has been with me. I just, I mean, I feel like shouting because, you know, God led me. When I went to prison, God was with me from the moment I walked in prison. No matter what I said about him, he kept his hands on my shoulder. He wouldn't let not one guy touch me. 35 years, he took, as I went in, uh, here's was an officer that went in as a, Brand new officer, and he was with me from the time I went into prison, from the time I went to every unit I went to, God sent this officer to that unit, and he was promoted each time he went to the unit. From the time that I was released, he was there. And at the end of release, God sent a woman. He had prepared a lady to release me. I was sentenced to life in prison, but he had sent us a lady to release me that had been raised with me. I would never believe that this lady would become, Brenda LaRogers Johnson would become the parole commissioner of the state of Texas, the second person behind the governor. And she was there to release, let me go. When I wasn't, God touched her, let me go. And I'm just telling you that God is an awesome God. Um, I remember the day that uh, I got down on my knees. I was getting close to getting, getting out. And I told God, I said, God, I just don't want to do the things that I've been doing. I don't want to do the things hey, that cause me here. I don't want to do the Mike, things that hurt people. Uh, 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 stop here for a minute, man. And you said something. I want to. I want to go back on it, and, and we go. Uh, and we want to talk about that. You said that from the time you went in, it was a particular God that seemed to have been there everywhere you was. He was right there also. Everywhere. And I got to think about everywhere. how God assigned angels in our life, man. Ministering spirits through peoples, man. That looks like us. That might even in the same area that we are, but God have them kind of watching over us and leading and guiding us and keeping a hedge of protection around us. I actually believe that. Brother. I actually believe I'm that because you said that. that this man, everywhere you went, he went, and he was being blessed because you was there. Because you know what, he was on he his assignment. He was on God his assignment, and you said he he raised up to the rank that you was going through different areas of the jail, he, and he, and he God raised God up had him assigned. He raised up from a CO to the next unit he, I ended up, and he was there. He made sergeant. The next unit I ended up, he was lieutenant. And everywhere I go, somebody would tell me, guess who's coming over here? And I would say, who? Because I, God had blessed me with the best jobs in prison. God protected me. I mean, I'm telling you, he's an awesome God. And they would say, uh, Major Jones coming over here. And I would say, what? And then the next unit I go, they say, guess what? We got a new warden coming in. And they say, Warden Jones is coming in. And every time we had that bound and that connection, that God was just watching me. As you said, he does have angels watching us. Just this minute as we talk, it's an angel uh, watching us right now. And, uh, yeah, as I said, uh, oh, that, that's so true. You know, because I experienced that myself. But uh, I wanted to just spring that because somebody out there thinking they by themselves. Somebody's out here that's oh, no. thinking that they in this by themselves. And I want them to know they got angels that's on guard, that's watching them, that's 
put a hedge of protection, keeping them from, we said, danger seen and unseen. That's so that the spiritual warfare that we fighting. Like you said, nobody touched you because you were being guarded and protected with the enemy. You know, I go down to the uh, prison, to Hutchinson Jail, and no brothers in there, man, and I can actually see the spirit, uh, those uh, demonic spirits hovering around. I'm because it's in jail. If you're, you're silly if you don't think that there's demonic spirits in jail. You know what I'm saying? So we know that we're in the devil's stronghold. And so, you know, God protects, uh, you know, he protects his servant. And so, you know, I, I can lay claim to that the way that you are, too. Another thing, that before you go on, you were saying that God had raised up a lady. Uh, uh, there's only an uh, uh, administration to be able to help you to get out of jail. God be working things in, in, the, in the background that we don't even be aware of until he reveals it Amen. to us just at the right time. So I don't want people to give up. Don't ever think you're doing this by yourself, that you don't have no help. Oh, woe with me. It shouldn't be our story. I love that, brother. I love that, what you were saying, because you're bringing out some things that we need to know, that we need to be aware of. Well, uh, Brother Lewis, the thing is, is that uh, at the time that he uh, connected this officer to follow me and guide me, I wasn't quite ready and into the Lord yet. I hadn't made up my mind. And so I, I was just thinking about that life sentence I had and just trying to get some time and hoping that they would let me go. And as I said, that this lady was being prepared as soon surrendered to God, that's when the lady stepped in. He was watching and protected me. He was my angel of protection. Then my angel of release came in. And so God is awesome. And like I say, once I made that prayer to God and told him I wanted to change my life, and I put in my heart that I loved him, not in my mouth that I loved him, but in my heart that I really actually loved God. And I had no choice but to love him because all those nights I cried in prison. I mean, all those lonely nights. Nobody was there. My mom, my mama was there, but sisters, brothers, friends, cousins, nobody. Nobody was sending me money. Nobody was sending me pictures. They was patting me on the back while I was free and making me look like I was somebody. When I needed them, nobody was there. God always, no matter how lonely, no matter how hungry, no matter what, God was there to fulfill my needs. And, and I tell you what, he's an awesome God. He, he really is. And I'm not here just on the broadcast to try to make the people feel good or nothing like this is for me. What I'm talking right now is because I'm so happy. I'm so happy that God uh, waited on me to get my life to well, to wait on Ooh, me to awesome. accept him. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, Mike, as you were sharing, I was thinking about how, you know, we serve a God of a second chance. And I know your story that you had been released at one time. But then you got back into some trouble or you fell short of some things, and you had to go back. What a joy yes, it is sir. to know that God don't hold us hostage because past will say, yes, we got to go through them, but we serve a God of a second, a third, a fourth, and many chances, but we have to get ourselves together. Like you said, he waited Amen. on you. He waited on me. You know, I, as you said, I went back. I, I didn't have my heart right. I didn't have God. I didn't go, I didn't go to church when I was supposed to hit church. I went in at, at 17 years old on a 25-year sentence. And uh, I went in in 1975 of September, and of June of uh, 81, I was released. In June uh, the 15th of 82, I was. I tell you what, it, it was it was a day, you know, that I know that I was going to life, and I didn't know when I was going to get out, and I didn't know if I was going to get out, and so it was almost time to to call on somebody, you know what I mean. The, the bell's mama couldn't help me. The lawyer couldn't help me. The judge was against me. So who was for me? Who was for me? Who could I call on now? All my balls was in. Who can I call on? But Jesus. And, and Jesus stepped right in. And like I say, he sent that man to guard me and protect me. And then he sent this lady to release me. I'm not just saying he said, it's not my imagination. It's not that it was a luck. It all went in co-hand. In co-hand. The God had it. It was working. From the time I went in, and he's been working from the time I've been born. But I tell you what, uh, God is an awesome God, you know. And once I said, once I surrendered my life and I prayed, and 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 I, I say this because I want the homeless, I want the kids, I want people to know. No matter what you're going through right now, if you just sincerely, sincerely just say, God, come in, come in right now. I can't take it no more, and mean it from your heart. And whatever it is, no matter, God don't care what you done done. I don't care what you done done. He don't care. And so he have taught me to have that heart. 
Every man is meant, everything is a sin that we have done, but God is never going to turn his back on you if you just come to him. So when I surrendered my life to him and told him that I didn't want to do, uh, things just started happening I couldn't believe. I mean, I could not believe. I was sent to a unit to start getting paid. I told him I wanted to stop, change my life, but I wanted to have money. So, boom, he sent me to a unit where I could get paid. I started getting paid to work. Uh, <laughs> I was like, paid to work in prison. I'm now to be punished, not to be paid. God moved me on, and I worked there. And I, when I got to that unit, uh, uh, I think you heard this story, but when I re- got to that unit, it was just amazing. I remember when I left my regular unit, um, the the I got on that bus, and I looked back at that unit. I was so relaxed with, with the things at that unit. I, I basically just couldn't stand to leave. And when I arrived there, they told me, this is where you'll be signed, and this is where you'll be working. And when they told me where I was going, I was like, I think they made a mistake. They put me in the outside trusted dome with a life sentence outside the gate. I could not believe. And then when I finally reached that, that dome, the guy said, where you come from? What unit you come from? Where you from? I'm from Dallas. Uh, how much time are you doing? And when I said life sentence, these guys almost – fell to their knees. I said a life sentence. This was a program that was designed for people with two and three years. But God had put a name, a life sentence guy in there, and they couldn't wait. People on the unit were so mad because that's the program. Everybody want, want to work and get paid in prison, but it was just a choice of people. And uh, so when I went to work, the guy say, uh, how did you get in this program? Uh, who You must know people in high places. I looked up at the sky and I said, at the ceiling, and I said, yes, sir, I do. And I was it. It was nothing, nothing that nobody could do to stop God's work. No one. And uh, I went on, I, made, I started to, to make a, a salary, and I was so happy. As I told you, I was just a kid, 17, when I went in. I started writing everybody. God was changing me. Hey, I'm paying Social Security. Hey, I'm paying income tax. Hey, I'm paying Medicare. I started to feel like a man. I started to feel like I was on the right track. And I continued to save and, and do things and put my worship up here and, and praise God. And, and things just didn't stop happening. Time came. They told me that the governor wanted me to go to Bryan College Station to pre-release. And I begged the parole people, oh, no. I do not want to go there. I need to keep working for this money. I had done got money hungry now. I was trying to get away. But I was fighting the blessing that God had more blessings. Why do we mm. fight blessings, Pastor? Oh, that's awesome, brother. That's awesome. And, you know, we, we mishandle blessings also. And you know what? I want you to tell me about, the, the you know, because somebody needs to know this. Life is, is progressive and life, and change, things change. While you was in jail, what are some of the things that you missed that you really took, uh, it didn't t- uh, uh, just didn't value? Because sometimes people say, oh, it'll be all right, but come on now, make it real. Well, uh, it can never be all right to be incarcerated, no matter what you think, no matter how much money you got on the books or how much money your family sent you, it can never be all right to be incarcerated away from your family. When you lose your freedom, you lose all. Freedom is a gift from God. And when you lose freedom, you lose everything. It's just beautiful. And I tell you what, uh, it's not all right because you being away from your family, you see so many people die. You see people get killed. Uh, guys think, well, hey, I can make it. Uh, to the young guys, I want you to know that you can't make it. I can make it because my daddy been there. My brother been there. They'll know me by my name and stuff like that. But it don't work that way. It's not like that. And so many guys kill themselves because they just can't make it. Some for mm. loneliness, some just because they can't make it. I've seen guys kill themselves on Mother's Day because their mother didn't come see them on Mother's Day. And here, thank God, it's Mother's Day now. But I've seen guys just kill themselves on Mother's Day, hang themselves, cut their wrist. I've seen, I've seen it all, and I thank God that I got through all of that. You know, it was, it was, it's no place to be, and it's no place that you can make, put in your mind that I can make it. You know, it's not a place that you can make it. And that, like I say, God was with me to get me through this terrain. And I just, I'm just so thankful. I don't have a scar. I don't have a stab wound. We're talking about over 35 years of my life that I ain't been touched. God had a shield on me that no one could touch me. And uh, uh, the, the guys 
just, it's, just, it's a lonely place. It's a lonely place. I've seen guys, mother and father and family, come down to visit them. And next thing you know, they call him out at the chaplain and tell him, hey, your mom, your dad, your family just got killed on the interstate getting back on to go home. So who fault was that? You know what I mean? By, by choices that we made, we lost our whole family. But we're being punished for things that we've done wrong, but now we've been punished uh, even more. And, you know, people call in. I mean, I tell the young people, it's it's so easy to get on the right track now and not have to pay the, the, the price, you know, that uh, I had to pay to to get God's blessing. You know, God's got blessings for you. And the homeless guys, they don't know how special they are. They are so special. I mean, there's, I love to go around the Salvation Army, the bridge, all the homeless shelter, because I know that God is in the presence. And them are his people, and he just wants them to surrender. If they say, yes, Lord, from that moment on, blessings will pour out the sky. You know, and uh, that's just the way it is. You know, blessings will pour. God, nobody is against you. Nobody's looking at you. God ain't looking at what you got on. God ain't looking at you behind that trash can. God's not looking at you under the bridge. God's looking at you as his son. His son, my son, look at my son. I want my son home. It's like the sheep that strayed off. That's what God feels when he see you under the bridge. He see he want his son. He love you. And when you come in, what did he do for that sheep? He blessed that sheep. And that's the way he want to bless his son. He want his son home, you see. And, and, and like I said, when I surrendered and I gave my life, I made that money uh, at that unit. But when I got ready to get transferred, I didn't want to go. I cried and I begged not to go. I looked back on the bus and I cried looking at the unit. I'm in prison. Why am I crying about a prison? But God was fighting another blessing that God had for me. And when I got to that unit, a guy walked up to me. And, uh, well, well, I'll tell you, I started this over. I come from the wait, child Wait a minute, before you do anything, was, we're going to break here for a minute here. Okay, just want to introduce you once again. You're listening to Michael Sneed. He's had spent 35 years incarcerated and on a, 20, on a life sentence. And he's telling his story about how God changed his life and how God had been with him all the way. As he was telling his story, I was thinking about how Joseph, how Joseph found favor in the middle of the, uh, in the midst of trouble. Can you find favor in the midst of trouble? Michael Sneed is telling his story, but maybe your story can merge Amen. with his. But we serve a God of a second chance. You too can join in the conversation with the number to call in is three one zero nine. A two forty one twenty six, and uh, and and uh, encourage Michael to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Amen. Now, Mike, go ahead and finish telling us what you were saying a while ago, sir. Yeah. And, as I as I left that child hall, saw uh, all these motorcycles and things up under the the sh- the basketball uh, shed, and I said, "Oh, that that looks like they're having a a crusade." It was a motorcycle crusade, and I said to myself that I wanted to go and and fellowship, but Satan. This is when I first in my life first really uh, felt Satan attack me. And he told me that I didn't want to go because of the uh, the white guys that was there. You don't want to go see those white guys' motorcycle gang. And he just kept telling me that. And I said, yes, I do. And he was saying, no, you don't. But Satan was trying to beat me out. This is how Satan works. He got so many ways to get you. He, yes, he, he tra- tried to beat me. He tried to rob me. A blessing that God had for me And all I had to do is say well I guess you're right And go on over in that dormitory And watch TV but I broke loose From that bond and when I stepped up In that tent a guy walked Up to me and said my name is Gary Green I never seen him and he said I heard you've Been locked up a long time and finna get out I want to give you a job I'm working At the Dallas Water Treatment Plant on Sergeant Road and I want to give you a job I took his number I couldn't believe it I still took his number and I in hopes That he would do something for me and I can always remember the day that I was released, my sister picked me up. I mean, I fell to the ground with tears and, and kissed the ground. I was so happy to be released after so many years. It was, I mean, you could not imagine the, 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 what you felt after being in a cage for so many years. To be able to now see a plane fly over your head, a bird fly over you. I mean, it was just amazing to see people walk around you, walk by you. Uh, it, it was just something that you really can't explain. And so... My sister, I told her to take me over to the cemetery, and I went over to the cemetery. We had lost so many soldiers, meaning so many guys in prison had died, been killed, and so on. So I wanted to go over to the prison cemetery, and I climbed over the little fence. It's called Boot Hill. 
uh, and I climbed over the little fence, and I just got on my knees, and I started praying, and I started crying, and I started thanking God that I had walked out safe, non-touched. Mm. And hey, my man, hey, said, man. My sister said, you know, you know some of them guys? I said, no, but I'm thanking God that I'm not one of those guys. And uh, mm. I just hey, said man. that I prayed, and, and it was a blessing just to be there, you know, knowing that these guys never will be able to make it back home to their families and stuff, and God got me. So we got in the car, and my sister um, started driving. And all of a sudden, she picked up this little old bitty box, not much bigger than a, a, a matchbox. And I heard her say, I got him. I got him. And I was like, golly, what's going on? Is she working with the police now? She said, I got him. <laughs> and, uh, and she said, I got him. And so then I, I realized she was on the phone, and she was telling my mother and my daddy that she had picked me up, and we headed home. And so we started riding down the freeway, and um, I decided, hey, let me. I had never seen a cell phone. I didn't know it's a. When I went to prison, they didn't have cell phones. They didn't have microwave, no big screen. I was lost to society. I was lost. And so when I asked her to make that call for me, and I called this man, and I told him that he had promised me a job, and I was on my way home. He met me at my house, took me, and bought me clothing and stuff like that, and. He, he he bought me clothes and stuff, and he disappeared. And then about two weeks later, he come back to see if I was really interested, if I still want to enter. He picked me up, took me to Sergeant Road, and said, this is where you'll be working. Satan came in again. Uh, uh, one white guy came in and said, well, these Mexicans will not work with you. They're not going to work with you. And I said, what? He said, no, they're not going to work with you. And so I walked over to the Spanish guys, and I say. Look, this guy said, y'all ain't going to work with me. I don't know anything about construction, but I'm going to learn, and we're going to work together. And I was a little bit more angry as I spoke. And in two weeks, those guys were bringing me more tacos and tamales than I could eat. <laughs> they was bringing me tacos and tamales to take home. And in two months, I was their supervisor. And I got the clipping in the Dallas Morning News, ex-con learned the hard way. In two months, I was their supervisor telling them what to do that I didn't know what to do. But God was Ooh, God, is good. God put me in the position. And God was doing the driving. And um, I tell you, he's awesome. And he just went to blessing me and blessing me. And I just went to moving up and moving up. And after I finished my job at the water treatment plant, they sent me out to Lovefield Airport to work. And uh, I don't think that it's an ex-con that ever been in the control tower. I went all up in the control tower. I was welcome everywhere. And uh, one day, they was all praising me because I was such a great guy, and they, I told them how I became supervisor. I couldn't hold my peace. My boss had told me before I left, don't go out and tell them that you've been to uh, prison uh, because it's terrorists and stuff out here now, and they will not, they will get rid of it. And But I, I did it for so long, and I couldn't hold my peace. I just had Ooh, to tell awesome. what God done done. I couldn't hold my peace. I had to let them know, fire me or whatever, but I have to let you know what God has done. This is not You know, me. he's been too good this to you not to say a word. You know, Mike, as you were sharing that, uh, I, I, I want you to know, man, that you, that you inspiring me. You encouraging me to be strong. You encouraging me to keep on going. We listen to Michael Sneed here, and the number you can call in is 310-982-4126. He telling his story. He telling about how good God been to him no matter where he went. God was on his side. God was with him every every. Uh, every way he went, God was with him on his journey. So, Michael, come on now, talk to me. Because now you're you're transition. You're not in jail no more. You're working. No, now, I'm what has God dead. been doing in your life to let people know that he that God is our God is not dead? Well, uh, God, I tell you what, um, I'm gonna jump back just a little bit. You know, when I got out, um, people were coming to me. God was sending people to me. They say God would run your cup over. I never needed a thing after all that time in prison. I never needed a thing. People were coming to me. I, I started speaking at juvenile. I started speaking at Judge Jones Court, uh, Thomas Jones Court on Camp Wisdom and Post. Uh, I started just going around helping and feeding the homeless. I remember I remember the day on my birthday, uh, I took a trailer on the back of my truck, and I say, I had this pit smoke, and I said, when I get out, I'm going to go and feed the homeless. That's what I wanted to do for my birthday. I wanted to show God's love. I wanted people to see God in me. It wasn't about me celebrating. It wasn't about me. I thank God that he taught me that it ain't about me. And when I learned that it wasn't about me, that's when my blessings started coming. You know, I could give out $200, and before I get home, I got $500. 
I was hollering, what's going on here? You know, and, and that's 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 a fact. No, you can't be God given. You just can't do it. I don't care what you give, how you give. You can't be God. And, and and God just give me so much. I can't. I don't have no place to put it. It just keep coming, floating. But God is so awesome. Uh, he he's like no other God. Uh, he have he have changed my life, and he have put me in the position to change life. I call my you a minister, Lewis, but I call myself Witness Michael because I'm a witness. <laughs> it's a, and, and, and I'm not going to get out of it. People tell me all the time, you're going to be a preacher. You're going to be a preacher. The kids at the juvenile, you sound like a preacher. No, I'm not a preacher. I'm a witness. I used to hate witness when he coming to testify against me, but now I'm a witness, and I'm a witness for Jesus. And I can't help it. I can't hold my peace. And, and, and I got to tell people what Jesus is and who he is and what he will do and what he's capable of doing. He's capable of doing everything that he says in his book. He's the man. He is the man with the plan. All you have to do is surrender. You don't have to use the word, just act like you love him by saying it, but just put it in your heart. You don't have to tell nobody. Put it in your heart. Start loving him like your heavenly father, and things will change. Things will change. Things haven't stopped changing for me. I went through some few trials where the devil tried to attack me, but God wiped them out and made them even bigger and better in blessings. So God, God is he's an awesome God. You know, he's very awesome. And I'm glad that I have been able to change lives and help people. And I, I still want to continue to go into churches and juveniles and, and talk with kids and talk with homeless. And I hope that me and Mr. Lewis can bound even more into getting into this uh, uh, godly, uh, um, what would I call, what I call it, get into this godly business of, of saving lives. Um God is just so awesome, you know. He yes, really he is. Awesome. Yes, he is. And you know, you know, Mike, as you were saying that, uh, you know, uh, one of our themes is, uh, you know, Jay, uh, what uh, John eight thirty two says that uh, uh, who the Son set free is free indeed. And then it goes on to say that uh, help change life in Jesus' name. You know, Jesus said when he got ready to descend, uh, to ascend into heaven, he said, "Now go ye therefore and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and lo, I'll be with you always." He said, "Now you go." And help change your life. And I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. And you living that example out. You know, little that you know that you that you were going to be able to change life, even without even knowing God or even honoring God. But he had his hands on you. And he assigned people in your life that you weren't even aware of. And some of them that you just kind of knew that they were there, but you didn't know the purpose of it. You know, Mike, after all those things that's been going on, how do you now... How do you now share with with people that may have just la- just may feel like they they, they lost? I know we've talked about that before, but I want you to share it now. And this is your personal story here now. How do you tell well, a young man the, uh, not to give up on God? Well, I, I would tell a young man to uh, to to try to get to listen to the first thing. I would tell him just to speak as I would speak. I would tell a young man. That your 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 friend your best friend on earth is your mama, and and never uh, go against your your parents' will. Stick with the church. Get back in the church. Don't care what your friends say or what they think about you because you're going to church. But God is going to be your last resort. So I would encourage kids to get back into the Word, get back into the church, try to do the right things, uh, get around the right company. Don't do things just because uh, these are your buddies. Don't want to get high because uh, that's what they want. You don't have to have a baby. You don't have to have this. Just live a, a godly life, and you can be successful. Um, it's a lot of things in store for you. I tell people all the time, if I could have changed when I was 16, 17, if I could have known what I know now, I could have probably beat President Obama out for president because God <laughs> got so many blessings. He has so many blessings for the kids and for the homeless, you know, it's, it's not God is still on my side and God is still watching me, but he's more now scribing to pull his other lost sheep back into the uh, field, you know. And so I, I just encourage kids to, to, to do the right thing because it won't pay off. I tell you, you know, it's, it's only trouble. You know, you start off, you go to jail, uh, you know, you need your mama to come go bond, you lose money. Uh, while you're in jail, your mama may die, your daddy may die. And, and and just different things that happen. 
You have to fight to go when you go in. You uh, have some guys lose their manhood. Uh, it's just a, a terrible thing. It's nothing that you can think that you can be, no matter how rough or tough you are. The roughest guys on the streets are the weakest guys in prison. And that's a fact. Mm, come on um, now. Come on now. Break it down. Sometimes they guys think that guy can handle it. I'm glad you said that, bro. Because, no. you know, Michael, uh, when we was over to Juvenile, you were telling your story. And, you know, some of the young men, they didn't want to listen. They didn't want to participate. Like when we do prayer, some of them say they don't want to pray. I said, that's okay. You don't get it now, you'll get it later. That don't disqualify God up me. You know what I'm saying? Because our manhood, you don't have to challenge our manhood because we've been there. Right. We done done that. And we right. know what it's like. To, we know what it's like not to honor God. I'm going to put it like that. Man, you know what it's like to forget about God. But yet God didn't forget about us. I love that, man. After all the things that well, I've done you know. and went against God, not not honoring him, he still turned around and honored me. That's love, brother. If somebody can love me like that and love you like that, surely I got to love them back. Yeah, I, th- I think about stuff I want to cry sometimes. But God, right love on. me. It's just like a, a, a say you got a girlfriend or wife, and you don't uh, treat her right or with respect, but yet she's still there. Then when you're on your deathbed, she's there wiping you and feeding you. You got to honor her. You'll be fooled if you get up and walk away. Well, son, that type of right. thing. So if we can honor somebody that's, that's in the hearing now, surely we can honor God that holds our power in his hand. So I like what you're saying what? there, brother. Well, uh, you know what? You made a point there just a while ago when you said that uh, the guys at the juvenile, they didn't want to pray. They laughed. They giggled. They looked at me crazy. They looked crazy. But i tell you one thing. You were witness to at the end what happened. They prayed. Yeah, they got up and the they end. prayed. They got up and they come running to me for fellowship. And so it, it's, it's they because they lost, they don't know the truth. They don't know the truth. And, and that's the problem is that a lot of kids out there right now, uh, Mr. Lewis, is that they're seeking a way out. It's tough on our kids. It's very, very tough to be a kid. And if we don't have any guidance or anybody to lead us, then we can't help but to go into the pits of hell. It's just that we need somebody to show us. And as I said, as a kid, I thought I was doing everything, but nobody was telling me about Jesus. Nobody was telling me. And so with nobody telling me, I could seep off into trouble. If you can get these kids, if mamas and dads, would come and, and, and encourage the kids to go to church, encourage the kids, get back to praying at the table when you get ready to eat. Get back to telling you, get back to being the parents. Don't, don't be the friend. Get back to being the parent where you can be in control of your kid and his future or her future, you know. And so that's the main thing is that we, we have to work with kids, but we need to work with young parents to, to start being a parent and quit being friends and partners with their kids. You know, and so God is is looking for people like us to get at. We got to change this world. Everything is going on right now, stuff that we never believed, Mr. Lewis, when we was youngsters that is happening, and it shows us that we're at the end of time. And so it tells us, the Bible tells us, the same stuff that's going on. So we have to get together, and we have to be soldiers, soldiers in the Army. I used to hear them saying that as a kid. We are soldiers. In the army, and I didn't realize what all that meant. I didn't know what none of that meant until I was now uh, become a man of God. And now I realize we all have to be soldiers. We got to be soldiers, and we have to get out and fight. We have to get out and tell with all our might, just like the song said. And we got to tell the kids about God and His grace, and and, and show the kids that uh, that we love them. Get back to where we used to be. We don't have picnics at church. Our churches don't. Um, don't have programs for the kids that we need to establish again. And I was just thrilled when you told me about what you do for the homeless and the kids. And uh, I was just more than happy to go out and speak with the juvenile because uh, that's my life. If someone could have came and spoke with me as you went and spoke with them, maybe uh, I wouldn't have went through that. I'm not in shame or I'm not embarrassed about what I went through because in my heart I think that God, let me go through this to be a testimony, to be a testimony to change other lives and to show his glory, to show his love, and to show what he can and he will do for people that was like me, people on the streets, or for kids, or for people that's in need right now that have a broken heart and don't know what to do. It's no uh, excuse to, to not call on Jesus. You know, we can't say, I don't have a mama, I don't have a daddy. Jesus is everything in one. Just call on the Lord and everything will be all right. You know, uh, like I said, for kids, freedom is more valuable.
than anything in the world. If you don't have freedom, you don't have anything. When I was released and I went to the park and I just sit down and I watched the birds fly over me, it was a beautiful sight just to smell real fresh air. And the birds would just squat on me and on my clothes, and I would just reach up and look up at the sky and smile, being thankful to God that, that I could be free to let a bird squirt on me. You know what I mean? So um, Yeah, and you know, uh, those things we take for granted. And you know, uh, Mike, as you were sharing that, I, I, I do the uh, the threefold ministry with the jail, juvenile, and the prison, and it breaks my heart, brother. I see the young men from the juvenile, then I see them down at the local jail, and then I occasionally, and every now and then, and I thank God that I, I see them over at the Hutchinson State Jail on their way down to the Michaels Union, on their way down to Palestine, on their way down to Huntsville. And they said, Mr. Lewis, I remember you at the juvenile, and I remember the things you were saying, but I didn't take, I didn't take it to heart. And now here I am, Mr. Lord, pray for me, pray for my family, and I do. I go in, in you know, intercede on their behalf. I said, brother, you need to pray for yourself. You need to know that God is still God in your life. And sometimes we, uh, uh, we go through these things because of our hardness and, and rebellious, but God is still able. He's still able to keep you through all that and make you a living testimony. And that's what you're saying. You said, man, even though I went through these things, God had a purpose. And I'm going back to Joseph again, how Joseph went to prison. It was a purpose for him to save another nation. Mike, what are you going through? It was a purpose maybe to save a generation of little knuckleheads that may be in the, standing in the, uh, in the background of a session, not paying attention to you physically, but mentally they can't quit thinking about you. Maybe you're saving a generation without knowing it. So when you get to, to glory, you know, and they start reading the strobes of your life, and they say, yeah, at this here place, someone turned their life at this place. You say, my God. And these people didn't even uh, didn't even acknowledge us, act like they were even interested. And that's the way God works, brother. That's the way yes, God works out. You and me have been there. We know what it's like to just sit in a, in a religious service and not acknowledge God. Not paying any attention, but right. we know it works. You can't keep going around the fire and not get warm or not get burnt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Physically yes, and spiritually. And so, you know, sometimes we, you know, so we have to be, have compassion for these young men and women. Just like you were sharing, and sometimes they don't acknowledge and they say they don't want to do it, and don't stop you from doing what you do. And then you Amen. reach out to them and say, hey, if you need me, I'm going to be here for you, but you got a big part to play in this too because we're going to leave. And you're still going to be here, but God is going to stay here with you. You know, so he's more than just, you know, uh, just us talking. Because God is ever-present yeah. in the middle of the night. God is there with them right and available for them. And so, Mike, I, I, we're getting ready to wind down this, this portion of our interview. Man, thank you very much, you know, because this has truly been a blessing. This is one of my best interviews that I'm having because this is real. I like that real stuff, right. brother. I like that stuff that 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 stirs things up, man. That provoke men and yeah. women to be about their father's well, business, you know. I want to say before we go that, uh, as I said, God is awesome. Uh, just a, a quick thing: uh, God bought me out. Uh, God made me supervisor of a construction company. Uh, God gave me three cars. Uh, uh, God put me in a position to have banks accounts. Uh, God has just. Uh, done everything. I mean, it, it's God is an awesome God, and He just keep doing. And I just encourage people to to trust God, give Him one chance, just trust Him. Say, I'm gonna put my heart into God real strong for a week and see if He works. And I tell you, it'll work. Just give God a chance. You know, it's no man can come straight from incarceration and become supervisor. No man can go to campaigns and speak with the mayor and the governor and speak with people and tell them what they think. You know, you think you don't have a voice, but being an ex-con, I, I'm, I'm I'm involved with everything. And I just thank God that he gave me the power to be a man and to be able to go and speak up for him and for what's right and what's wrong and to give me the ability that I don't need anything. Uh, I have everything. Uh, God is just a, an awesome God. Uh, I just pray and ask people to just give him a chance. I like we're talking about the, the homeless, the juvenile. Oh, I want to talk about some of you people that's, going and playing church. Give God the glory. Open up your heart to God, and, and that playing church will turn into a wonderful thing because we got too many people in church with too many problems. But give God a, a chance, you know. 
Give God a chance. Give him a real chance. Don't just go to show your hat off to show you. Give God the chance to glorify you, to bless you in a special way, the way that you may need to be blessed, but you won't ask, you won't show. But I just ask people to just, just step up and, and step out and show out. Because, you know, he's the man to show out for. Ain't nobody like Jesus. Ain't nobody like Jesus. I'll tell you right now, nobody, ain't no woman, nobody can take my heart from Jesus. And, you know, I used to, these hymns, these words, I used to always say, well, where is Jesus? He may not come when you want him. But I tell you one thing, Jesus is going to be on time. That's not just a song. That's not just a a hymn, a word. Jesus is going to be on time. He's not going to let you go down. He's not going to let you go out. He's always right on time. And I love him. I love him. I love him. And I just ask you people to to surrender, to, to join in with Pastor Lewis. Do what you can do to help the kids, to help the juvenile. Uh, form a little organization with Mr. Lewis where you can go out and, and feed the homeless. It ain't about uh, really about feeding. It ain't really about giving the homeless a quarter on the corner. It's about showing the, the love of God. It's too many of us playing that plan church and saying that we love God. And, and, and then you ask them to go out with me to the juvenile, go out with me to the street. And they say, well, I don't go out like that. I give it to my preacher. Well, tell the Lord that when you, when judgment day come, when he said, did you feed me when I was hungry? Did you clothe me when I was naked? Let him know that you gave it to your preacher to do it. Okay. And see how much your blessing is going to be. He asked you, did you, he didn't say what you give your preacher. Step up. Step out, people. Do oh, that's God's so will. true, Mike. Mike, thank you, man. You know what? You really said something there because, you know, we need to kind of, uh, you know, uh, we need to shake this thing up, brother, because, you know, uh, there's a lot of, that that the need is great, but the laborers are few. You know, and as you say, I know more. I know this. Uh, it ain't just the food because I was on the other end of that. I received food, but I know that it wasn't food that I needed. I needed it at that time, but I really needed the word of God. I received some clothes, but it wasn't what I wanted to be clothed with. I wanted to be clothed with grace and mercy. I received some shoes, and but I needed my feet to be shod with the preparation of the gospel. You know, those things are good, but help me order my steps here. Because they said that the steps of a good man is ordered by the Lord, and I want to change my walk, my talk. My persona, and so you said something there, brother. Cause a lot of times we 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 want to do this feel good type ministry, and that's great and that's needed. But you need to share the word of God, and sometimes you don't have to just quote scriptures and beat them up with the gospel, but showing them, just giving them a Amen. drink of water Amen. and sharing them how much God loved them. And, and, and telling them, hey, brother, you ain't got to do this. I see men and women on the corner, and occasionally I give them a little something just to try to see where they at. And I said, brother, I'm going to give you this here, but do you know there's a shelter around the corner that can meet your needs? Do you know there's a recovery program on the other street that can meet your needs? What you're doing out here ain't, ain't going to profit you nothing because that silver and gold is going to go away. You're going to spend this money, but the word of God yeah. is going to be able to sustain you. Now, Michael, before I let you go, now what uh now as God has been blessing your life, girl, did you ever think that you'll be at the point that you are now? You like you said, you didn't you spent most of your time in jail. Education was limited, but yet God have opened up many, many doors for you. How do you go about nope. maintaining nope. that and then having a balanced life too? Because sometimes we can be over a, we can have too much and just ignore it, and sometimes we'll just feel like that we're not worthy. How do you go about balancing that, bro? Well, because we know, see people that have been blessed, and they run off. Well, that was my biggest worry, is that uh, the aftermath, you know, if it was an aftermath. Remember I said I have a life sentence, so I was never promised uh, to be released, but God made it possible. But so now, um, yeah, it was the aftermath. How would, how would I quote? How could I make it? And I know that I had no no way to make it but uh, by the grace of God. And if I didn't go God's way, uh, uh, acknowledge who was my father, then uh, I probably would be in jail or uh, uh, dead or something. But um, I acknowledge that. And, and so, you know, right here as, as being free, God has set me up for life. I've never, ever needed a place to stay. I, I'm in a five-bedroom home, thanks to God, that, that I own. And, uh, uh, so God can make things happen. I don't care what you did, where you've been, how much time you did. He can reverse that. He can reverse that. And I don't, only, only my past is my testimony. My past is not my past. I don't look back on my past. My past 
is what I built for God, for the glory of the kingdom. It's only for God. I'm not ashamed. I've went to my victims, apologized, and they've patted me on the back. I haven't said, but I've been in the Dallas Morning News four or five times, featured, and and uh, I've ran Judge Jones' court, not with handcuffs on, but in the judge's chamber, trying to change the lives of kids because that's mm. where my heart is. It's a blessing to be in the judge's chamber and not in front of the judge's chamber with handcuffs hey, on. Amen. Come on, man. That's God. That's God. Who else is that? They can take you from the front of the chamber with cuffs on, a life sentence, and put you in the chamber. God can make a change, and he will make a change. But you have to surrender. You have to believe, and you have to trust. Everything is possible to God. Nothing is the limit for me. I mean, you can't tell me what I can have and what I can't have and how far I can go and how far I can't go because my father is the king. My father is the king, and if my father is the king, he owns everything, and everything is mine. So you can't tell me what I can't have and what I can't have. It belongs to me because it belongs to my father, the king. And so I'm just thankful to be able to be here today. I'm just blessed, and if anybody want to contact me, if you got some place I can go talk, I'm ready to go. Just get in touch with Pastor Luke to come running because that's what our lives about now. It's about change, the change of other people, to show them that it's a way out because it is a way out. No matter what position you're in, it's a way out. Just give us the chance to come out with you, bring you out, and help you out. As he said, he gave change on the corner. He did this, but we understand that's not what those guys are looking for. That's not what those girls are looking for. They're looking for love. And if you can show God the love, if you can pat him on the back, if you can hug him and you can say, I love you and so do Jesus, where are you from? Who is your family? These are some pictures of my kids. This is where I live. I've been through this. I've been through that. Ain't nobody been through nothing. That's the problem. People don't want to tell their story. They don't want to show No, they don't. They, they say, I was already like that. I was, I was born like this, and we know it ain't true. Michael, thank you very much. We, we got to get on out of here. We got to get out of here, brother. So I want to thank you. You know, I'm going to be talking to you again. And you know some other things that yes. we uh, that I would like for you to partner with me. Uh, we got a, a conference coming up here next weekend. If you're available, I'd like to come by and pick you up, brother. We can fellowship. That way you can see the rest of the ministry team and what we do. Like I said, uh, I was uh, – our uh, uh, ministry is called Free on the Inside, JJPS, which stands for Jail, Juvenile, Prison, and Street. And then once a year we put together a uh, ministry program. With, uh, it's called a conference. And this year our conference is called Empowerment Conference, where we bring in people that talk about marriage, talk about finances, talk about health, and talks about uh, legal uh, uh, legal situation. We have a legal aid person that's going to give us a legal a legal reservation. Uh, put it that way. My words get a little twisted here, yes. but uh, but we want to be able to take care of that whole man along with the word of God. These are Christian ministries that sharing the the, uh, the goodness of God through the thing that we need. Jesus know he know that we need to be able to function in this earthly realm, and he made a way through uh, Christian men and women and organizations to assist us. We're not in this alone, but we would like for you to come on out provided time is, uh, is available. We'll let you know, and we'll make arrangements for you to come out. But I also have a book I'd like for you to uh, pick up, and I, and uh, and this book is from a, a, from one of our listening audience here. She's been on our program several times, and this is a very gifted young lady, Vera Squire. She have a, a a book that she republished. It's called Three Short Stories. One is uh, called Black Gumbo, the, uh, Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans, a book of poetry, Soul, a Soul of Poems, and also Eve. The Apple, the story, the uh, mystery revealed. And I'd like for you to pick up those books and be able to read them because she too had a story and a testimony. And and so um, those are at at the bookstores and online. So I'll send you a link to where you can go and pick that up and, and you can be a blessing to her. And also encourage yourself, okay? Because uh, yes, a, she's a very gifted artist and writer. Uh, Mike, as we get ready to get out of here, again, I want to thank you, brother. For what you're doing You know when I first met you You had that uh, You was on fire Then I'd say Hey let's go over to the juvenile And you said Okay You didn't say Let me check my schedule I'll get back with you You went on and said Yeah You know I meet a lot of people That said I'm busy And guess what Years later 
they still busy, but I don't see no I don't see no productivity. They just busy. <laughs> what are you working on, widow? They got you so busy, you can't take time out to take care of your father's business, you know. And so, thank you, brother, for being truly a man to God. And uh, and as we uh, and, and and as we go out, we want to continue to do what God uh, uh, ordained for us to do. It's just to encourage someone through words. Uh, do uh, do I will take on life, brother? Cause life gets overwhelming, so overwhelming sometimes. But we realize that we're not in this by ourselves. And brother, your Amen. testimony is showing that God was there with you every step of the way, man. As you were telling your story, I was saying how God had you surrounded by angels, man. He was fighting the battles for you, and He was open up doors that did can't no man open, and closed doors that no need to be closed on your behalf, brother. No so. No thank you, thank you, thank you. This show is on Blog Talk Radio called Free on the Inside. I'm going to send you a link to the program so you could listen to it, encourage yourself, and share it with your family and friends. And as we get ready to get out of here, I want you to know that we are very honored to have you to be a guest on our program this morning. You know, and this is a great interview. I love these type of interviews here. I've been doing this a number of years, and some interviews are better than others, but this is by far a good interview, and I really, really enjoy it. I enjoy you and enjoy what God is doing in your life, and it encouraged me to run a little further for the Lord. Thank you, thank you. Man, unless we get ready to get on out of here, we're going to have a word of prayer, and then we're going to be dismissed, okay? Again, you know I'm going to yes, be calling sir. you, okay, One next week, and so we'll just go, go from there. Okay, gracious and heavenly Father, in the Lord. name of Jesus, we thank you. Dear Lord, we thank you for yes, Michael, dear Lord, how you have ordained him thank along high, how you watched over him, dear Lord, even when he didn't even know you or even honor you, Lord, but you still was a God that he indeed, dear Lord, you brought his you brought him back into the relationship with your son, Jesus, dear Lord. What a mighty God you are. Dear Lord, let what Michael do, let it change the hearts of the, of the men and women, young and old, that encounters him, dear Lord, to hear his testimony. Some grandmama need to hear his story, dear Lord. Some fathers need to know that God is able. Some young kids need to be provoked by his testimony, dear Lord, the testimony that changes life. Dear Lord, continue to watch over him. Continue to give him the things he needs in such a time as this. Let him rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say, let him rejoice in the Lord our way. The Lord, keep him in perfect peace. The Lord, we thank you for this opportunity until we get together again in this format. We pray for our listening audience. We pray for all to be well. We pray, the Lord, that we're able to go out and help change the life in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, Brother Lewis. And, uh, well, God bless you, Mike, and enjoy your day, okay? Thank Amen. you. Amen. What a great time. What a all right, we'll do. Oh, man, what a great interview that we had there with Mr. Michael Sneed. He told his story about how he had spent 35 years in jail on, on a life sentence there and how God had changed his life, how he went in from the time he was 17 years old and how he had missed out on a lot of things that we take for granted. I share with the young man about William Chicken and, and McDonald's and stuff. You know, a lot of things were just being developed when he came in. You know, they didn't even have a William Chicken. I think William probably was working for another chicken place there, and Michael missed out on all that right there. And so, but God is able. God kept him in perfect peace, got his health, got his mind. Ooh, God, God is a mind regulator. Again, I want to encourage you to uh, make your way to uh, uh, to the bookstore to pick up Miss Vera Squire's three short stories, Black Gumbo, Soul of Poetry, and Eve, the Apple. The mystery has been solved here. And I want to a portion of the... Of the of the bio of this book here. It said, although this book is titled Three Short Stories, it is a book that based on the truth of the end facts. The first part of the book is about Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans called Black Combo. You see, it was a dark day for the people in New Orleans in August 2005. That's when Hurricane Katrina arrived. That is a day that is now forced in history. Pick up the book. It's a great book here as we get ready to get on out of here. I'm, I'm going to save the rest of it as a mystery, let you read the rest of it for yourself. So, Okay, so uh, thank you very much for being uh, a part of our listening audience. Uh, we're getting ready to get on out of here. Uh, tune in next week for another great episode of Free on the Inside with another great guest and great episode of our program. And thank you for tuning in each and every week. You can go back and listen to this show again at your, at your uh, desire at Blog Talk Radio, Free on the Inside. 
a Facebook page. Amen. God bless you. Enjoy your day. <laughs>